Hi, this is Rifkan Marikar. Welcome to the Learning Show podcast. If you are listening to this podcast, you are excited about learning and changing your life just like me. That's why I have started this podcast. We will be bringing you the thought leaders from various fields to discuss the burning issues in your life and provide you with tools to transform your life into that next level. This is the learning show. Hi, I am Rifkan Marika. My guest today is Suha Alkamasi. Am I pronouncing it right? Yeah, kind of, almost. Uh-huh. How do you say that? Alkamasi. Alkamasi. Yeah. So, yeah, perfect. I, I was practicing last night, so how do you say? She's the mother of three, uh, two daughters and a son. And she's originally from Jordan. Now she lives and works in Dubai. Yeah. She has completed her master uh, higher education in the University of Jordan. Suha is a licensed senior speech and language pathologist with over 10 years of experience working with children with speech difficulties. She has a she says her goal is to help children with difficulties to cope with the environment, help them to identify themselves and their needs and unlock their potential. Suha is an avid mountaineer who took a journey of self-discovery and found a path to inner peace and true happiness. She is passionate about travel and changing social norms. She is one of the members of the first women trio to reach the Everest base camp at 5,400 meters above sea level. She has also reached the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro, which was, which is 5,900 meters above sea level. She is the author of the book titled The Horizon, Your Journey to Self-Discovery. Welcome to The Learning Show, Suha. Thank you so much for this nice introduction. It's my pleasure to be here. Uh, how is life treating you today? Yeah, good, good. I mean, every day is a bliss, so it's yeah. good. So tell us about uh, your adventurous uh, trip to Himalayas. Uh, I'll tell you uh, when it started. Okay. Yeah, let's go back to the beginning. Um, you know, as everyone here, not just me or people who do this uh, kind of hard adventures, okay. everybody has something to do in her life or her life. And we keep in our days, normal days, we always feel like we're looking for something. We might find it, we might not. So I was looking for something. I was in the middle of work, being a mom, very dedicated mom. Uh, working in a, uh, a very uh, busy schedule with children, but still I was looking for something I need to do. Until I took a decision to go to a trip to the Himalayas. Mm-hmm. And you know, when people hear, they thought that I wanted to go to the Maldives, with all the respect to all these places, it's so beautiful, or to go to a luxury place, or just to relax. I said, no, I want to go to the mountains. It was just a call, you know, an inner call. And Thank God everything went very smooth. That was two years ago, almost two years and a half. I started my journey there. And when I reached to the land of the Himalayas in Nepal, and it was my first time to meet the mountains. You don't get to see the mountains every day there mm-hmm. because of the hard weather and the very hard circumstances. Okay. So I saw the mountains on my last day. I stayed nine days and I saw the mountains only in the last day. Mm-hmm. When I saw the mountains, I felt like I'm, I belong here. This is what I want. And I came back after 10 days. 
because I couldn't wait. Okay. That's how the journey started. When and was that? That was in 2017. Oh, okay. Yeah. September 2017. Okay. And then I went back after 14 days, still looking for some food, though I, I don't know what is it exactly. And we started our trips uh, with the team, with the Happiness Seekers around Earth 9, to climb these mountains. And you know, when you introduced me, you said uh, challenging norms or social norms. This is exactly what I want to honestly focus on. They say you are a mother or you are a lady or a female or whatever, and you want to climb a mountain. It's, people imagine if you want to climb a mountain, it's like you're killing yourself or you're gonna fall from the first rock and die. So I said, yes, I want to try. I just want to try. We took all the safety procedures and we went in that trip and our first mountain, uh, what real mountain, very high mountain was Annapurna Circuit. It's where my first dream came true. Okay, which one was that? Annapurna Circuit. It's okay. a range of mountain mm -hmm. and it's one of the most dangerous mountains. But we went just to the base camp. Okay. And I just want to collect something for people. Going to the base camp of a mountain is not like going to the summit. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's up to a certain limit, doable thing for everyone to go and try this kind of hike and to see the core of the nature there. Okay. Mm -hmm. When my first team dream came true on that spot, I had a feeling which I can't describe in words, but that feeling gave me the, the sign or not sign actually, it was a call for a journey. My purpose was that everybody on earth deserved to know that this feeling exists, that okay. this amount of emotions exist on earth and they have to feel it. They don't have to go to the mountain or pray on the mountain or hide to feel it. It can be felt when you do your purpose. What is your purpose in life? When you do it, you will feel it. Then I decided to write all these thoughts or ideas in a book because I think this is the best way it will reach people, right? Worldwide. Mm -hmm. And then it started with the journey of the horizon to write this book. So you said that uh, that you had a feeling in that moment. You remember that, what exactly it was? Yes, the feeling was, do you know, uh, I will make it in a simple words. Do you know when you have puzzle? Okay. You know the puzzle toy? Yeah. And since I work with kids, so <laughs> the best example. You have the best and one. Yes, and you have, you have put every piece in its place, but still there's one square missing, okay. or one puzzle piece is missing. The image will never be complete. It's there, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you have 99 pieces are there, but still the 100 piece that will make the image complete is not there. Yeah. So when I was there, I found my purpose. It's like I found the last piece of the puzzle. And when I put it, I know who I am. So I saw the image of who I am. And I want everybody to do this. I want everyone in the world. They don't have a gate to climb mountains to do this. They just need to find their purpose in life. Yeah. That is exactly that. Oh, this is the way I can describe this feeling. Yeah. The purpose of life. So we, we will talk it uh, later segment. Uh, you know, I'm, I know that you are very busy with your day-to-day -day work and uh, busy mom and working with the children with special needs and writing and doing helping other people. So what are your rituals, daily rituals that you keep yourself up and uh, run energized and I, I can see that. So what are the, what are the rituals you... On a daily rituals you do, you have anything like some people have their meditation every day or yoga, they call it, or 
you have exercise. So can you share with us? Yeah, I'll tell you something. You know, in the uh, first part of the book, there's a, there's a part called The Journey, which is a short story. In that short story, there's just two lines. That say, uh, these two lines say, uh, what, uh, we all have normal days where the sun rises and then the sun sets and then the day is finished and then the night comes, right? Well, how come someone become hero in one day in which the same sunrise and the same sunset and another person just go with the flow of their day? The key, I don't do specific thing. I don't want people to think that, yeah, we have to do meditation two hours in that day. Meditation is an amazing way that you can meditate while you are just doing your daily thing. The first thing that I really do every day is appreciation, honestly. I'm not trying to say perfect things. Appreciation. Every day I wake up, it's it's a, it's a it's a new it's a new miracle. It's a new miracle given to you, right? Mm -hmm. In this day, you have your health, you have yourself, you have your family around you. It means you have all the appointments to do something different. Yeah. When I I I use I never thought about it before two years or three years. I never thought about this. I I just used to wake up. Okay, we go to work, we enjoy, we were having fun, we used to have fun. It was fine. But I never realized that every day is a new opportunity. So nowadays I feel that I just can't wait to wake up. Once I wake up, I feel I want to fulfill my dream. There's something I want to do. I just read one wisdom yesterday. It's very beautiful. I want everybody to know it. It says that in every day there's a new opportunity that can come twice. So if we feel this in this day, opportunity might come that will never happen again or will never come again, then yes, we will take advantage of every minute. Every minute in our day. Yeah, amazing, amazing one. So it comes only once. The opportunity comes yes. only once. Yes. So we yes. have to grab it. Yes, yes. Yeah. I know that uh, so you, you are working with uh, children with uh, speech difficulties. Uh, in simple terms, you bring out speech. Uh, communication is everything in this world today. So if I am, that's a noble thing. I feel that bringing speech out is a noble thing. So may God bless you for that. So how this idea about that choosing this field, how it all came up, uh, Sukha? Uh, it all came from um, uh, everybody in this field or most people in this field uh, they choose to be in this field because it's hard field. It's not a very difficult, it's not a very easy field. So when I want to be here, I wanted to be for the first reason, or the, the basic reason was that I want to be with kids. I want to do something for children, mm -hmm. which is, again, it's not that this is the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. Everybody should know their abilities. Some people like to work with elders people very elder people, because they feel that they have done a lot in their life, and this is the time where they have to be appreciated. In my perspective, I want to work with children because I love hope. We live in hope, and hope makes life look better, right? Yeah. And it should look better. And how life will be better? If I see something I don't like now, I want it to become better. It's through children. This generation or... 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, we are here, we're doing what, all the abilities that we have, but the best thing that we can do is to open opportunities for coming generation. So I thought that I want to work with children because this is the hope for change. Children are the hope for change. If you want to change anything now, implant it in, in a kid 
or just and it's very easy you know they are the future generation yes yes they are the hope for a better change so i choose to work with children in general and then specifically children with with you said a very beautiful sentence which really impressed me honestly Rikhan, because not everybody knows this even parents with children with delay or language delay they want to their child to speak verbal communication we always tell them that it's communication not verbal communication so when you said it i was like oh my god this is so good because it's all about communication communication mm-hmm. can be done through anything facial expressions body language gestures signs and then verbal communication but yes it's all about communication so working with children, uh, let's let's say why exactly. Children with uh, or normally developing children, this is how we call it. They have all the potentials to learn, even if they are in a very basic environment. Why? Because they have it. And we have it, by the way, but we forgot that we have it. Yeah. But children, they didn't forget. They know that I have it and I want to do it. This is how they walk. Okay. This is how they keep on trying to eat something that's hot and they eat it. This is how they want to run or climb, and they keep on trying. They fall, and they keep on trying, right? Not like grown-ups. But children with with challenges, this is the gap. They see they want to do something, but they don't know how. So that's the the gap that we have to fill. Our work is very rewarding. Our work is life-changing, honestly. We do life-changing things for these children before their families. So it's... Hard job, I, I have to admit, yeah. but it's a very rewarding job. But this is from where it came from. I just wanted to be around kids, children, because this is the hope for a change, and specifically children with challenges. Anything, anything uh, in your family or somebody with your friends so had some difficulty in, with the children? Anything inspired you? Yeah, at the time where I chose to be honest to be in that field, no. Even at that time, we're talking about 12 years, yeah. like 12 years back, nobody's really speak honestly about having a child with difficulties. They will just tell you that he's like this, that's his mood. But I'm 100% sure there were kids around me, but we were not that aware. Okay. So awareness is number one. We want to spread this awareness. Yeah. Everybody should know that this child has different way of playing. It's not that... Uh, it's not that he doesn't know or he's below average or... He has different way of learning, and our job is to provide or to change the environment accordingly. So at that time, no, nobody honestly, like specifically, inspired me because nobody was talking about it in an open way, like these days, okay. because of people like you, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So this is this is yeah, the best thing. I'm you know, sure. this is uh, you said a very nice thing. Uh, awareness. Uh, this podcast is all about uh, bringing awareness to we know because why I asked that question was uh, I am inspired to help these ch- uh, children and parents because uh, in my family and uh, my wife's family uh, the ch- there are children two two kids are there who are affected by autism so they are the grown up. 18 and 19 year olds so we have seen the pain so so then this is what uh, started the the idea of helping children uh, uh, with the parents and I we want to I want to create awareness because I feel that there's a huge gap has to be filled and 
in terms of uh, the knowledge and the skills uh, the, the people who are professionals who are working with children so there is a gap this is in my opinion so we have the people senior people like you and should talk more about awareness is the number one so the, we, we, we all we through this podcast we are trying to bring uh, bring the gap and bring the experts and, and share the knowledge with the with the parents so that can help them with their kids so do you remember the first day as a speech therapist yes how, how always uh, you know we, we, we are so excited like all me and my colleagues you know to start to have your own client your own clinic you know this atmosphere that when you're still a young uh, you know uh, person working in a field where parents will come and put really big responsibility on you so i was so excited okay to start in my my new clinic my first day but when i had the first child in the room just a child and me alone and the child is looking for something to play with he wants to get something but he can't tell me what he wants and then he started to cry because he can't tell me what he wants was a boy four years old and then here I, I realized that I should find a way to let this boy tell me what he wants it's here where I realized all the years of education are really worthy but I just put them in the side and it's the core of communication it's we call it the bridge of interaction if the child is not aware about my presence how would he come and ask me and then here we realized that bridge of communication is the basic thing for proper communication. And this doesn't apply only on kids, by the way. Mm-hmm. It applies on everyone because speech therapy, part of speech therapy works on effective communication among adults in okay. companies, in banks, in banks or these big companies. If we realize how much time we can really save when we do a proper and effective communication, instead of wasting time, hours and days, trying to uh, to transfer an idea. Effective communication is tool number one, and it can be done when you create, this is how we call it, the bridge of communication. It's like, uh, just imagine you have two rivers and you just want to transfer water from one to another bank, and then how you will do that? You'll have to create a channel or a tunnel or whatever to connect these two things. Yeah. So these two things have to be connected through the bridge of communication. So this was the first, yes, this is something I learned from my first child. And it was not easy because parents, they come with hope that you will change their life, that this child will speak with you in a couple of days or a couple of weeks, but it really takes time. It takes long time, longer time than parenting. So I start to feel really big responsibility. But now uh, it looks and it seems so much different. After years of experience, I enjoy much more when I started earlier because I understand more. I know these kids what they want much more than clearly. That's that's why the years of experience working with children with difficulties make difference in this profession. So can, can you remember a specific case where you helped a child uh, to speak and uh, that brought you uh, so much joy in you? Uh, for you and for the parents? 
Yes, with a lot of moments. Yeah. If you ask One any exam. speech therapy to yeah. be exam, if you ask any speech, she will tell you. This is the this is the most thing that we talk about. You know, these these moments where parents cry in our room because it was the first time they hear their kids' voice. It's their first time to hear mama or baba, or it's their first time just to hear them saying something. All what they used to hear was crying or screaming, or something we call it. Uh, not clear speech, like blah, 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 something like this. So when they say their first words, especially if it's mama, some children, their first word was, I love you, hmm. or love you, which means that they know much. They know that when they say this, it's exp it express their feeling. So they are the children, they have said uh, love yes. you, or the first word? Yes, or love. love. Or, or they just came and hug, and they say hug. Hmm. Which do you, do you real? I mean, do you understand how yeah. ma how many things just uh, inside them? Yes. How much was yes, there? Yes, yes, and, and it comes in this word. Yeah. But it comes this word after the child is exposed to this word with so many training, so many sessions of doing pretend to play, and there are so many uh, successful story. I would say one of the best uh, was a child who was two years and a half, and when I really first saw this child, this boy. As, a, as an expert in this field, I felt like, what could I do with him? I'll be honest with you. This is a very honest speech. I don't want to speak perfect words, right? We have to be realistic. Yeah. I thought that, what could I do with him? The reason why that was a really a very successful therapy story because of the mom. Mm -hmm. I call her the hero. Okay. The mom keep on saying, keep on trying. He will do something. Just keep on trying. At the moments where I was really down, frustrated, doing a lot of hard work, and I still don't see anything, the mom was, she kept on telling me, I can see it, something is coming. And she kept on doing a lot of intensive therapy. And it's it's really very costly therapy for parents. And time consuming. They have to bring their child, work with them for one hour, one hour and a half, drop them back every day. You're talking about minimum, year, minimum time of one year. She kept on insisting that he would be okay. She saw she saw that in him. And now the child, he's in mainstream school. Mm -hmm. He's six years old, speaking better than everyone would see around him. The mom called me just a couple of weeks ago. She said, Dad, can you find a way to let him be quiet? Please, I'm done. <laughs> that was so all because amazing, of the mom. Amazing, yes, because yeah. of the mom. See, the child was frustrated. The therapist working with him was, I was really like, not, I wouldn't say frustrated. I I feel so. Uh, it's a very challenging situation, mm -hmm. and she kept on pushing. So I would say that the. So secret, the mom had the belief yes, in the system. Yes. And the successful key for any therapy, is the mom or the mother or the parents. This is something I have to say. People have to know it. And also to have the faith in the system. Yes. 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 She had faith in, in me, which for you know, yeah. it's my honor, really, honestly. So you know, uh, when we see the. When there is a delay in the speech, so we get, uh, the, usually it's a normal thing. Parents get panic and so and they go for all sorts of uh, testings and diagnosis, and so there it could be actually there's a natural delay in the yeah. speech, or mm -hmm. there's something more into it, a, mm -hmm. a, a thing like autism, some 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 serious issue is there. Mm -hmm. So how do we differentiate? How do we know that it's it's a normal thing? Or mm -hmm. yeah. How do we differentiate? That? Yeah, yeah. You know, we we're talking about the, the early years of uh, each child's life, which we call it the golden years. 
from birth until the age of three years. Uh, for, for an expert in this field, when we first have a child or consultation for a child with language delay, parents, they usually come with two, uh, two settings or two, two, two situations. The first one that they know there's something. It's not only speech. They will tell you that my child is not talking, but I, but I think there's something else. Or they will tell you that it's only, I don't think so, there's anything wrong, it's just that he's not talking. Okay. In this situation, it marks a very important flag. Are the parents aware there's a serious thing or they're not aware? We call it denial. Okay. It doesn't look, it doesn't really look very nice as the name, but it, this is how we call it. It's called denial. If the parents tell you, no, there's nothing wrong with the child, he just can't speak. Why he cannot speak? We have to look at speaking or verbal communication is the last phase of communication before that so many things should develop normally we call play skills we call it interaction does the child initiate playing does the child look at you smile does he grab your hand towards something that he wants does he play with things properly does he try to interact with other people around him in the environment or likes to play alone does he recognize uh, differences in the environment uh, does he build on any skill that he has or will he play something and finish it does he try to build on it or it's just that they try to do any random play and they leave the thing and they move to another thing so these things we call pre-linguistic skills we first look at the pre-linguistic skills if the pre-linguistic skills are all there and the child is following a, 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 a normal developing uh, milestone then we would say, yeah, this might be idiopathic language delay, like it has no reason, it might run in the family, or it can be a hearing loss due to a hearing loss or something like that. Still, it might affect the pre-linguistic skills. If the child doesn't have any interaction or social um, skills, no play skills, no eye contact, no emotional interaction, then here we start to, I wouldn't say we start to worry, but we start to look further. We have to go further just to, to discriminate if the child has another diagnosis or it's just language delay. Why do we do that? Some parents will tell you, well, it, it won't make a difference. He will just need speech therapy and then we go ahead. No, it does make a difference because if your child has a diagnosis, it means that we have to adjust so many things in the environment. It doesn't mean that he doesn't know how to play. He has a different way of playing. So we have to adjust the environment, the school setting, the house play, the timing or sitting. Accordingly. So diagnostic always help to improve the environment around the child. So this helps the improvement or the improvement. So speech therapy doesn't work alone. Cannot work really alone. It has to be a holistic way of, of treatment or holistic therapy way, including parents, school, caregivers, and speech therapy as well, and other professionals, of course. So what are the milestones now, for example, uh, at four, four months, my child has to do eight months or 12 months so that we know okay these are the normal things by four months my child has to say few do these yeah. things yeah. so what are the language milestones four months eight months and 12 mm -hmm. months mm -hmm. so at the age of four months the child this is the age where the child starts to babble and make sounds okay. like random sounds that we call babbling at four months yes at the age of four months can be earlier and can be later on. Okay. But let's say it has to start at the age of four months, four to six, but we want it to be at four. At that at that age, the, the child is not aware about the speech sounds as much as he's aware that 
there's there is something coming out of my mouth and it is interesting just repeating that again and again and he likes the, the reaction why it develops when the when the mother interact with that so okay. when the child starts to babble and the mother copy or imitate him he want to cop to do it more why because he's so happy because the mom is interacting with him not because he's happy about the babbling okay he likes the mom looking at him laughing so he wants to do more this is interaction this is the difference between interaction and verbal communication the child interacts even his little baby just few months at the age of six months these or let's say six to ten months these babbling takes more of speech pattern like papa mama dada okay it takes more uh, closer uh, uh, intonation to speech words and then at the age of one year the child speaks his first word now we're talking about expressive language let's talk about receptive language which is more important mm-hmm. it's the most important when we're talking about the development the communication development the child requests it's called receptive receptive which means understanding what's happening around him okay. why the child speaks his first word because he develops or she develops enough content of receptive language requires him to speak his first word sometimes we have to lay only in expressive sometimes we have to lay in both receptive and expressive when it's in both it means it requires a serious uh, inter- uh, intervention at that level we don't really do speech therapy at a very young age of months except certain uh, cases like hearing loss we do parent guidance but uh, we do interfere um, uh, starting from the age 18 months we do parent guidance from one year until 18 months because the child is still very little to work with and the parents are more uh, effective i would say at that level and then the child should start to speak his first, first word first thing things like bowl very basic and small words and then after that the child should produce a certain number of words let's say 20 words up to 30 words and then the child should start to put two words together okay it doesn't have to be the exact word it doesn't have to be clear word so when the child say book for ball it's it's considered one ball for example in Arabic or in English let's say if the child says ball, it means give me the ball we consider this a sentence so it doesn't have to be a full sentence at that age to consider the word so language development should start I mean, parents should really notice that the child look at me directly, that the child laughs, that the child tries to play, start to play uh, peekaboo or hide and seek, and they hide their eyes, and then they start to, this is all, uh, these are all milestones that reflects a child development. If the child is not aware about someone's presence in the room at the age of six months, that the mother's here or she's not here, if she's not trying to track person or object, here are all very early signs of delay. We wouldn't say autism, we would say delay. So, so what advice you have? Uh, so what are the techniques the parents can do to bring out more talking with the kids, yeah, yeah. toddlers? Is, yeah, this is very interesting thing. And not only in talking, but I would advise that honestly from this, this place, uh, because I'm sure inshallah, this video will reach to so many people, not only in speaking. We're talking about all skills. Parents have um, a wrong, or I would say, myth concept that they let their kids do valuable things when they grow up. Because what would they tell you? Yeah, he'll understand more. She will understand more. Okay, start swimming classes. No, let him grow up, or let her grow up a little more. Uh, start these kind of activity. No, let the child grow more up because he'll be able to understand. I don't want to waste money on doing this or that at this age. 
from zero until three, these are the golden years. Even if you look at a psychology perspective, they will tell you that the personality characteristics develop or, or completely develop until the age of three. So these are honestly the golden years. What my, I would advise parents in all aspects of parenting, do the best of what you can in these years. How? Expose your child. Don't keep your child at home thinking that he's little, he's young, and I'll send him to nursery after three. No, let him be, especially here in Dubai, you know, we don't have a lot of social interaction among families, okay, because you're expat, uh, because of lifestyle maybe. Children should expose to each other. Children should be in a sitting where they learn from each other. They have to see, seek, touch, feel, smell, different things. So exposure is the fact number one to total development. So the children have to be exposed a very rich environment. They have to learn in these golden years, early years. Any, any, any last words for the parents before we move on to the next topic? Yeah. Uh, so what advice you give to them? Yeah, um, the best advice I would give as any other speech therapist or any professional in this field is the early intervention. Why? Because again, we go back to the golden years. These are the years where the child, and it has also, it has explanation. It has scientific explanation behind it. Because they tell you that as a grown-up, our subconscious mind is, is not open 24 hours. It's open when we meditate. When we reach to a certain spiritual level, then it will be open. And then you, why meditation changed grown-ups or adults' ideas? Yeah. It's because your subconscious brain now is open. Now, children, they are in this status where the subconscious brain is open from birth until six, okay. 24 hours. They are open. They 24 hours? Yes. They will absorb whatever they will see, whatever they will feel. Early intervention, I call it magical intervention. It's honestly magical because... The progress or, yeah, the progress that we can do in these years is equal. It's more than 90% of what we can do in later on, later day, really, at the age of three. The earlier is the better. I don't want sometimes parents, uh, I would blame a little bit parents. I always respect what they do. But my only blame is, I don't know if it's appropriate word, honestly, to be, to be said, but the ego of parents always child progress because it goes stick yes because about? the parent doesn't believe that their child has a problem yeah. so that's the denial yes yes so there is a problem so they don't want to yes. accept it it's not you it's your child yeah always remember when your child is on the spectrum it doesn't mean he does something to affect the image of being a good parent or being a good son or daughter he's a different he's not you you are a different person. He needs speech therapy, not you. So parents take decisions that's unfair for their kids. They always regret it when the child is five, which is a bit of a late time to, to, to do speech therapy. So please put your all your ideas and thoughts on the side and look at your child as a different human. He's not extension of you. He's a different, independent human. Your ego or your denial going to cost your child's future. Yes. So be aware of it. Yes. It's hard so work. So take responsible yeah. for that. Yes. Yeah. So yes. it's it's so most of the time what what age the in average parents come to? Um 
recently, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for this. Recently, we start to have really early ages yeah. uh, where parents will understand. And in these uh, with these cases, we do the best success, to be honest. Yeah. Children finish the therapy, they go to menstrual school. Our goal, our main goal of the therapy, uh, including this really proving ABA uh, occupational therapy, is to push the child to be independent individual. This is our ultimate goal. Okay, so when the when the parents come to us at the age of 18 months, when their child is 18 months, this is when the, the time where we can do our best. We don't look at the diagnosis much at this age as much as we look what are the gaps that we have to fill, and we start immediately intensive therapy program. Until the age of three, here we can do huge progress. Average parents might come when their child is two and a half to three and a half because they think he's still too young he's 18 months only, but when this child is second or third child, parents compare, and then they will tell you, no, he's not like the first child, then something is different, and they will always come to him. So the average age is, in the best case, is 18 months. We have we still have cases of 18, start of 18 months, and the average is two years and a half to three years and a half. Uh, yeah, some parents, they come back, I would say, after. <laughs> After consultation visit, when their child is five, five oh, and a half. It's too and, late. Yes, I want to say a very sad fact about speech therapy for children who were not speaking and they exceeded the age five, the chances to become verbal communicators did so, did so less. I don't want to say the number because I don't believe in numbers, but still, these are the research. We can't, we can't change it. If the child is five and still not talking, we start to look for other means of communication, like sign language or gestures and signs or uh, software that help the child to speak. So the area is limited. This is the golden advice that I can give to the parents. The earlier you detect, you find out something is wrong, something is different, please seek out to the specialist mm -hmm. and get their opinion. Don't be in the denial. This is a message you want to give. Thank you very much. We really appreciate that. I hope the, it will have a big impact in the parents uh, and the, the, the life of the child. It's, 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 it's his speech. We are stopping by because our ego and our denial. We are stopping his communication, interaction with the world. So we should all take the responsibility for that. So it's very powerful message. Thank you very much. If you enjoy this episode, be sure to subscribe so you are notified when a new episode is posted. I urge you to rate, review and share with your friends. That would mean a lot to us. Thank you for listening to the Learning Show podcast. We are glad that you are leaving with some great things that can help you to transform your life.